You are listening to the Enormo Cast. So what's your tired excuse for not wearing a helmet? Too heavy? Not anymore. Too hot? You literally wear a beanie in your sweltering climbing gym, bro. Too dumb looking? Well, you might have me there. But you know what else is dumb looking? A cracked skull. Yes, 25 years ago, all those excuses might have had legs. But Black Diamond's modern helmets shut them all down. The new redesigned half dome is durable, lightweight, lower profile, and sports an improved chin strap and better headlamp clips. It's just a great modern climbing helmet. And it comes at a price point one-tenth of one percent of your average ER visit. But listen, we here at the Enormacast really just want you to consider getting your freaking brain wrapped in a helmet. And while we'd love for you to support Black Diamond, end up in a half dome, or the racier Vector or Vapor, frankly, there's a lot of great lightweight helmets out there, and it's time to reconsider your prejudices for the old brain bucket. So support the Enormacast by checking out Black Diamond's redesigned Half Dome and all their helmets at blackdiamondequipment.com or your favorite local shop. But if you don't find what you like there, look around and get your brain behind some foam and plastic before it's too late. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are playing it at? Are you playing here? We're doing the... Uh... The Normo Dome, whatever it is, it's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, a big place. That's, it out. That's a big nice. place. You sold What's it that out. I'll say, you really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having with you. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. Seventy-nine, I believe. How far did it say Rollins was? Seventy-nine miles. Uh, yeah, chipping away. Welcome to the Enormacast. This is your host Steve Dilk, and it's somewhere between one forty-five and two o'clock, July eleventh, twenty nineteen. And I'm with Chris Caloose. We're heading north on uh, Highway Seven Eighty Nine, and we're going to be interviewing Deidre Wallenack. Is that right? Wallenack? Wallenack. 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 Did, I, yeah. did I do that correct? Yeah, I think so. Correctly. Excuse the interruption. This is your actual host, Chris Caloose, and episode 179 is with Deirdre Wallenick, not Wallenack. For some reason, we couldn't get Wallenick to come out of our mouths, perhaps because we were in Wyoming, and letters just disappear from words up there. My apologies to Ms. Wallenick. Okay, let's get back on the road, shall we? You know who she is? I do not. You no, don't? Forgive my ignorance. Alex Honnold's mother. Oh, okay. Yes. That's right. That's who's on the show today. Sweet. Yep. We're talking to uh, Sweet Alex Sweet D, Honnold's if mom. you will. Yeah, if right. you will. <laughs> Got a book out. It's called The Sharp End of Life, A Mother's Story. Nice. Basically, I mean, not just about bringing up Alex Honnold and what that entailed. 
um, but also her own like late in life introduction to climbing, which not surprisingly, or maybe surprisingly, not surprisingly to me, actually didn't involve Alex Honnold all that much. Alex sort of like <laughs> let her get it, get it down on her own quite a bit. And, uh, but also her early life, um, growing up and her marriage to Alex's father and their home life and all, all, all sorts of stuff. All the way up to a bunch of climbing that she has done with Alex, including climbing El Cap with her son not too too long ago, making her the oldest person to climb El Cap at this point. Uh, so yeah, we get into all of it, and I was um, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I, I got this opportunity, and I thought, well, this will be a different angle. Having interviewed Alex twice on the show, and hopefully we'll have him on again sometime because, of course, he's super famous. So it's money in the bank for the normal cast, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so basically sat down and, and was just d- delighted. She was a delightful woman and had just a really nice conversation. And um, the cool thing that happened was we, we talked a lot about what it's like to be someone in her late 50s, um, you know, into her 60s, walking into a climbing gym for the first time and trying to become a climber. And again, the first time she went was with Alex, but then after that, she was just, you know, this woman doesn't even have the same last name. So nobody knows. And you know what it would be. It just kind of got me thinking about what it would be like for an older person to walk in this like super clicky zone. Oh yeah. You know, try to figure out this jargon filled world. And, uh, you know, I think it could probably be a little bit, um, intimidating and, and frankly, like, you know, I think that there could be some exclusion of someone like that in a climbing gym. Um, but that's not what she found, which was nice to hear. And, uh, and, and originally she decided to become a climber to kind of understand Alex and what her son was into, you know, just try to get this, this was long past. He was super famous, you know, and, uh, had done a lot of the solos that had already put him on the map, uh, quite a few years before El Cap. Uh, so yeah, it, it was it was kind of an interesting aside from the whole Alex Honnold thing, just to talk to someone who had done that because yeah. I think it's a rare thing for someone um, that late in life who's not you know by her own admission particularly athletic because she she you know worked really hard as what amounted to mostly a single mother um, to keep her kids going and uh, never really had time for those sorts of pursuits. So um, and then of course we talked about the the age old question of like what's it like to have to you know deal with watching your son or knowing your son is doing all those sorts of things and uh and her thoughts on uh not only free solo the movie but also on the actual act of him doing it which she didn't know about ahead of time she was according to her thankfully spared that knowledge um that he was getting up in the morning and going to solo so (laughs) anyway so that's what we got on the show today and i decided to do the intro in the previa on the way to Lander to the International Climbing Festival with my compatriot here, Steve Dill. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me uh, help out on that. Chris. Yeah, you're a fan favorite. Oh, man. Well, that's great to hear. I think. I, I don't think understand I, how or I don't why. Really know, but, but uh, I'm assuming. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, why, who wouldn't <laughs> have you as one of their favorites? Come on. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And if you recall, Steve's been on a couple taps episode. Uh, we climbed El Cap together last year. He was yes. on that episode, and I think you were on a listener mail at one point. That's right. Yes. Yeah, listener mail. I keep threatening to do that again. I think that uh, we need to. It's been a couple of years, actually. It's um, quite fun. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, all right, well, that's all I got for you guys today on the intro. So uh, we're gonna keep rolling down the road. I've got the AC off because of this recording and it's starting to get a little hot in here. <laughs> so, I think we, the orbs behind a cloud right yeah, now. Yeah, right now it's not beating down on us too badly out here in the, the, the wasteland just north of Bags, Wyoming, uh, across the Colorado border. So hopefully we'll see some of y'all up at the, uh, at the Lanterfest. Yeah, and, come uh, say hi. Check out yeah. your table. Yeah. It's, this will come out later. Yeah, Bummer. this is outdoors. It's too Shit. late. Well, whenever you see the normal table, come say hi. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Right. If we right. have like a Your backyard store. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. So, um, and I also have to relate that I made this terribly amateur mistake this last night. Um, you know, instead of preparing for four, three nights in Lander by, you know, getting a good night's sleep and like eating like a cleansing smoothie and like, you know, doing some jumping jacks, I actually drank... A bunch of hard cider last night <laughs> and I'd never drank that shit before and I basically woke up with like the equivalent of a high school wine cooler hangover and, and a lot of you younger people aren't gonna know what I'm talking about but anybody in my age group just like their stomach just like got queasy Flipped, yeah, right. remembering like powering down like a two-liter bottle of Bartles and James in eighth grade totally. or whatever. <laughs> Out behind the 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah, not pretty. Too much sugar in those things. So, yeah, so I, I pre-hung over my freaking trip to Lander like some sort of high school idiot. He's off to the races. Yeah, you got to so, catch up now. Yeah. So, if, if, if you re- and this will be in the future, so if you recall seeing me at the Lander Bar on Thursday night, not my best self. It's because it's already like day two for me. <laughs> anyway, oh, let's get to the interview. Thanks for doing this, Steve. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me along, Chris. Look, everything you do from being born to your last breath has an environmental impact of some sort. And so many things we do in climbing are a lot higher impact than we'd care to think about. You know, it's too bad you can't convert those sweet ukulele riffs into diesel fuel, eh, van lifers? But little things can help, and Sportivo wants you to know about the Mythos Eco. Of course, the Mythos has been a do-everything big route and trad shoe for decades. But now the Mythos Eco has the same legendary performance, but they're cobbled together from 95% recycled material. And then Sportivo found ways to lighten the impact further, by using water-based glues and metal-free tanning. And oh, that lacing system's still there to fine-tune the snug and confound your brain in equal measure. So if you're looking for an all-day shoe, a crack shoe, or a do-everything-all-the-time shoe, why not have one less dirty impact on the world and check out the Mythos Eco, or its racier pal, the Cobra Eco, at Sportiva.com, or your favorite local shop. kind of wanted to start with a standard a normal cast question because when okay. i was reading your book i hadn't really considered your personal connection to climbing before okay you know we we obviously have i think in climbing this image of you know your honold's mom right 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 <laughs> my claim to fame I'm yeah Alex's your claim mom. to fame but then i just started to realize in your book like how personal your connection to climbing what it means to you is mm-hmm. and so that would be a great place to start All right. in terms of your origin and getting into it. But also, yeah. you know, like I said, just reading a lot of pages about 
how meaningful it's been to you as a climber versus as just someone watching climbing. I have two bouts of climbing in my life. Once, one when I was real little, you know, and I wasn't supposed to do that because I was a girl. I was was not supposed to climb trees. Boys would see my underpants because I was supposed to wear dresses, you know, that annoyed the heck out of me. But I was a very obedient little girl. So I, I had had to cut it out. But so Alex comes by this genetically, I guess, you know. Right. Uh, so I, I didn't do it again until I was 58, something like that. Yeah, 58, I think. And uh, had Alex take me to the climbing gym. By, by that time, I was always reading about him and seeing you know, images and, and videos and stuff about what he could do and what he did when he was gone. All I knew was he was gone. You know, I had my 16 jobs. I was always working. Right. Um, so I didn't really understand what he was up to when he left the house. You know, I knew you know, he'd come home and tell me stories. We did this, we did that. I didn't even know if it was good or bad. I didn't speak the language yet. You know? right. And I'm a language person. I, I want to understand the language around me. So um, so I had him take me to the gym one day uh, when he wasn't climbing. He had a, an arm injury and he was he couldn't climb, but he could uh, belay. So he took me, showed me how to tie in, showed me how the harness works and all that stuff. All the, you know, I'd never seen any of that stuff up close. You know, I'd seen it in his room, you know, sp- strewn all over the floor, but I didn't know how anything worked or anything. So, so he showed me all the all over other ropes, as it were, and belayed for me. And I tried, I figured I'd go up a half a wall and, you know, see what it was like and that I'd be happy and then I'd know what his life was like. Well, that's, <laughs> that's not how it turned out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right, you laugh. Knowing what his life was yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing, you know. Half of five seven in the gym. Right, exactly. <laughs> so as it turned out that day, I climbed twelve routes to the roof. I mean, you know, to the ceiling, and something I I had always assumed I could never do, and that was the beginning of this period of my life where I started smashing away all the oh I could nevers. You know, I had all these limits placed on me when I was a kid, like don't climb because you know you're a girl, you're supposed to behave yourself, and uh, all my life don't do this because you're just a teacher. You're just a mom. You, you, just, you know, be careful, <laughs> you know, stay home and be safe. And uh, so that was the day I started destroying all that and building my new life. And what, you know, from, from talking with Alex before, his conduit to the gym was his father at first. You know, he was the guy that was taking him there. According to him, you're, you're yeah, shaking yeah, your head. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I'll, I'll let you have your rebuttal, but what do you think his feeling was of his mom finally, you know, asking to be like let through the door? Uh, I I'm, don't know exactly. Okay. He's never really come out and told me, but um, I think he likes it. I think. I mm-hmm. mean, it's nice to share that. I think from his perspective, it might be nice to share that with your mom. I'm sure he wishes he could share it with his dad as well, mm-hmm. but his dad was not athletic right. at all. Um, I don't know if he would have ever embraced right. this. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and from my perspective, it's really cool. Right. <laughs> I well, think it's wonderful. Yeah, so, but then it went on to be something of your own. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, after, after, so, yeah, talk a after little bit that first that. day, he right. left on another expedition, mm-hmm. North Face something somewhere. And um, there I was on my own thinking back to the exciting day that we'd spent in the gym. I'm thinking, wow, I really enjoyed that. I'd love to do it again, but I don't know how. 
I was just mom and a teacher and a writer, and all I did was sit at computers or stand in my classroom. Um, I didn't know how to get started, you know? And there's a lot of fear involved in that, changing your life from one set of givens to a completely, weirdly strange, far-out other set of givens, you know? that. And so I, it, t- it took me about a month, month and a half, for me to get up the courage to go back to the gym alone, not knowing anybody, not knowing the gear, not knowing how to do anything. <laughs> so I went, and um, I watched everybody for a while. I you know, rented the gear, rented the harness. I couldn't figure out how to put the harness on. <laughs> it's one of those weird ones with the strap. Right, it, the it rentals doesn't have are, legs. That, yeah, no, no, they're yeah. completely mind-boggling. So it yeah. took me a long time. <laughs> I, I had to I forgot mine recently uh, coming oh, here to no. Denver and, and, you know, had to rent one, one. And I was like, how does this work? Was, they're weird. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I figured out the harness just before I gave in and went up to the main counter to have them show me how to do it. But I did figure it out. And then there I was, uh, me by myself. Um, so I started walking around the perimeter. It's a, uh, you know, the big, the raised area where all the climbs are. And I started watching everybody and um, thinking, ooh, they look a lot more well, fill in the blank, strong, lean, capable, whatever you want to call it, than I do, than I feel, you know. And um, finally, I, I got up the courage to approach a group of three. There were three friends climbing. So that means you know, two are involved in climbing and one's waiting. So I, I went around the room, you know, I'd approach the third person in the group and say, would you like a belay? Would you like a belay? And sure enough, some of them did. Right on. <laughs> and I made some uh, wonderful uh, lifelong friends that way. It was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, the, the, these folks are, are folks that you still... I still hang out gym. with them. Yeah, right. they're still wonderful friends. Yeah, so uh, that that was like the key. It's, it's. I kept thinking to myself, that old adage, you know, I'm a language person. I always think in terms of linguistics or proverbs or language, you know, the old proverb. To have a friend, be one, you know? You want a belayer? Be one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's funny you say that because people, people in your position get in touch with me about, well, I'm, I'm interested in this thing, but it feels insular. You know, like you just said earlier, they're, they're speaking a language I don't know yet. Right, right. I, you know, it's a closed society that I don't belong to yet. Right. How do wedge. I get I in? I need there. a wedge to get yeah. in. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, or, or they're they're in kind of you know that level of climbing in the gym and being a decent top rope player and stuff. How yeah. do I go further? Yeah. And I'm like, you got to make yourself into a great supportive belayer. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then you're 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 a commodity. Then you're gold. Yeah. yeah then totally. you're gold. Right. And I'm and especially going outside because that's also a big question from gym climbers going outside. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But even know, for outside, you have to be. Yeah, a, you have to be a very reliable, right, trustworthy belayer. And don't think you know everything yet. Right. Because you don't. You never will. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So um, I kind of again reading the book and and uh, the parts of it about your climbing experience in the beginning. You know, it really put in perspective to me, and I'm like a generation behind, also grew up without gyms, but mm-hmm. much, probably much more familiar than you are. You know, this, this gym thing is really this conduit that allowed you mm-hmm. at that part of your life to mm-hmm. get into climbing in a way that I Absolutely. think if it was all outdoors, I mean, talk about insular and needing to know a lot. So yeah. what's your perspective on that? Like, how valuable do you see that? in this transition in your life and uh and, and 
the how gym valuable, experience? Yeah, and how it can. Well, the gym experience be. was just the first step mm-hmm. to getting outdoors. Right. And I still see it that way. And, and I know that nowadays there are people who only climb in the gyms. Mm-hmm. You don't, don't ever go outdoors. But that's, I don't know, it just seems kind of unnatural to me. Right. <laughs> I mean, climbing is about trees and rocks and, you know, stuff. But, but that was just my first step. Sure. I, I knew it. I knew from the beginning I wanted to do it outdoors, mm-hmm. you know, but you had to learn it first indoors. Yeah. A safer environment. Right, right. Learn. So what was the that step like then? Um, how did that come about that you went outside? Going outside? Yeah. Um, it took a few months. I, I made a, little by little, made a group of friends at the climbing gym and we always climbed together and we'd help each other and cheer each other on. It was great. And they started talking about going outdoors. A lot of them had already been going outdoors for years. And, you know, my ears perked up and I said, ooh, I'd love to do that. Ooh, someday, you know. And so they invited me out once and uh, I'll never forget that first day. I was absolutely useless outdoors. I was absolutely useless. They they took me to a place called uh, Kasumnes River Gorge. It's just a short gorge, like 40, 50 feet up from the the Kasumnes River. And um, it was, I, I, I was totally out of my element, I was like total fish out of water, you know, the proverbial. I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know what anything was called. I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't have the right shoes, you know, none of that. I was just like total fish out of water. So I spent the day just observing, basically. And I kept, uh, you know, there was a whole group of us, like six, seven, eight people, I don't remember. And uh, so they were always trading off, you know, belays and climbs. And and somebody would rope up and I'd offer... I always offered because I was, you know, belaying in the gym all the time. So I, I figured I know how to belay, you know, how different could it be out here? <laughs> and and they turned me down all day long. <laughs> they were very gracious about it. You know, I said, uh, no, uh, that's okay. Peter will do it. Oh, that's okay. Frank will do it. <laughs> and and I understood, you know, once I watched what they were doing and considered all the possibilities, you know, once they're up there and... And if they fail, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a thinker. I think things through to the nth degree. You know, it makes me a very slow climber because I think too much. I, I kind of think my way up the wall. So I was thinking all, about all the possibilities. You know, you you have a, a little kid, right? So yeah. the main job of a parent is to imagine all the possibilities of danger and protect against them. You know, when they're bobbling around in, in the living room, you pad the corners on the, you know, the little table so they don't bump their eye or whatever. You know, you imagine all these possibilities of horror and protect against them. Well, that's that's the antithesis of climbing. <laughs> so that's that's what I was doing out there that day. And I was absolutely used, but I was learning. You know, it was just, I was just observing and learning. And uh so it was definitely not a wasted day at all. You know, I learned a lot that day, but I didn't actually do anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, they, they put me on one climb. <laughs> and gym climbing is so obvious. There are holds. Yeah, they stick There's out. always something to hold. Right. And they're colorful. Right. <laughs> and they're nicely spaced. And well, I went out there. They put me on a block. This climb that starts real blocky for about 12 feet. Now, I climbed up these 12. I charged up the 12 feet. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I'm climbing on a real rock. And I got up to the top of the blocks, like 12 or 15 feet high. There was nothing after that. Nothing. Just, it was just, now I know it's called a slab climb. I didn't, I didn't know. There was nothing there. You know, I kept shouting out, what did you hold up here? 
oh, you know, just feel around, feel around. I, I was absolutely, I never got above those 15 feet <laughs> that, that first day. But I have since done that climb. Oh, right on. Yeah. <laughs> you talked in the book and, and just now to this linguistic thing, this word thing. And I've known this for a long time and joked about it too. But it just put in perspective how the language of what we talk about in climbing is it's bizarre mm-hmm. um it's filled well, it's with jargon it's yeah it's bizarre. filled with jargon and yeah. slang and even yeah. within climbing we kind of let the meanings of these words go right. loose right um in like right. slab and i'm sure they said oh just smear your feet yeah you yeah know? right like, they did yes yeah, i didn't know what that meant. Your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you but yeah, right. Uh, right thank you, you know, the, that's it right just pad up just i mean all these yeah. different things so yeah. um and I, you know but i could also imagine <laughs> you there with your background, it was, absorbing it was so these frustrating. words. Yeah, it was so frustrating because, right. you know, it, I had just watched six people do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got on and I couldn't. You no, know, it was very frustrating. So, you, you know, your first climbing, your first climbing as a kid was discouraged. You, and, and actually, thematically, you know, there's a lot of that as well in the first chapters of the book. Yeah. You know about these roles that right. you were you were meant to play, and right. you accepted them, and now you're, you're crap breaking them. Yeah. What is your perspective in terms of climbing, and in terms of kind of you know seeing? And I and I think there's a, a scene in there that you talked about, but or meeting someone that's just like so powerful. These young women that climb in the gym. This is a, a huge issue in climbing. It is all over the world. Or all over the, the 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 social landscape anyway of women's place and uh, yeah, yeah and climbing can be a very empowering place. Was that a perspective that you were aware of when you came into the gym? Like, wow, these women, you know, no, are, are, I'm learning from them or I'm impressed by them. Or, no, I never okay. made any distinction between male or female climbers. Okay. A climber is a climber is a climber, mm-hmm. but I I never make any distinction between people either, but other people do. And I never understood that. Even when I was a kid, I never understood that. It was just people. Right. Women, men, kids. What difference does it make? It was people. So no, and, and male or female climbers never made any whit of difference to me. Mm-hmm. They're just climbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So women tend to use technique more than, at the beginning at least, more than men because there are a lot of us, we don't have the upper body strength. You know, the big muscles, mm-hmm. big shoulders and, you know, brawny arms. and So we can't just leap up, grab something and pull ourselves up. So we learn to master the different techniques. The, the, I think this is just a, a, my theory, my own personal theory. I, um, but, but I think that that alters how women and men approach learning climbing, you know. But it all winds up the same. Right. <laughs> you know, once you go outdoors, you, it all winds up the same. What about um, age? Was that something that age was, was uh, I- I- in your mind? Is a myth. Okay. Cool. Age is a myth. My parents were so old when they were forty. You know, age is in age is in your mind entirely. Well, not entirely, because if you know if there's something horribly wrong with your body and you can't do these things, obviously there's that's not a myth. Right. <laughs> but if you're healthy, yes. you know, if you're able physically, age is totally meaningless. It, it's just a number. I mean, ask any statistician. You can prove anything you want by numbers. You can mangle numbers any way you want. Age is just a number. Just ignore it. It has. It's meaningless. 
And I, it, when I was five, I believed this. You know, I, I followed all the big boys, you know, climbing the garage roofs and the trees and stuff. I, when I was four, I used to follow them up on the garage roof. Get yelled at for it. But um, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you can do it, you can do it. If you can't, you can learn. <laughs> so as, as a thoughtful person... You know, you're saying that you're thinking your way through these climbs. Yeah. You're you're an intellectual in your pursuits elsewhere, writing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I hate uh, that word. <laughs> well, n- n- yeah. you use your mind. You these, use your yeah. brain. You, yeah, you're, yeah, you know, yeah. Cerebral. Versus, Let's call it cerebral. Yeah, cerebral. That thanks. And climbing that, is a, a very cerebral c- sport. C- okay, so as you're and and you open this talk about climbing as you know this complete shift of worlds yeah. for you. Yeah, were you? aware of it were you um is it something that after a while you look back on and, and said wow i'm in this whole new place or oh, yeah. were you yeah, someone it, no, who it was, was gradual it yeah was gradual. it was gradual oh yeah totally yeah. gradual that first day like i said i just expected to you know climb up half a wall just to see what it felt like and then mm-hmm. i have a little glimpse of what his life was like you know i i really didn't ex- i had no expectations because because of the life i had led you know everybody um all the teachers at work, you know, I taught at college, American River College in Sacramento. And, uh, you know, I'd go in and I'd talk with my students, talk with my colleagues about what Alex had been up to that weekend or that week or where he was in the world, you know, climbing this and that. And they're, they're, they were all like aghast to, you know, aghast. They were in awe, of course, like the rest of the world, but aghast at that anybody would do that put their life at risk like that for no good reason, you know, that kind of thing. And so I never entered my mind that I would do that too someday, you know. But it always looked pretty cool, though. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, it brings your son joy, like beyond anything else in the world. There are no words for what it does for for him and for me, too. Yeah. There really are. I've I've struggled to find some of those words for the book, you know. Mm -hmm. It really... uh, I'll keep trying. So let's <laughs> let's continue with your climbing okay. career as long as we're on this <laughs> My path. Career. I mean, I it, it, it is because it's like, you know, you you could have you could have stopped at the gym, right? Oh yeah, and just yeah. been like, this is something I do have to work. I, I think of it more as a lifestyle, right? A lifestyle. lifestyle but yeah. you, you've got your, you know, you started climbing outdoors. Yeah, yeah. Um, climbed in foreign countries now. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some of the bigger adventures? Once you, you know, you became that super supportive, competent Belair. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you, where, where did you go from there? Not, um, not just physically in the well, world, but with your climbing. With is climbing? there, you know? Well, uh, that first year was a big, you know, step after step after step for me. Um, I think it was all happened that first year of my climbing. Um, it was, they'd started taking me outdoors. You know, after that horrible first day, I think they all understood I was just, you know, hanging back and observing that day. And I, I, I was totally useless, couldn't do anything. And then I went again and then again and started to learn how to do this stuff and, you know, actually get up some climbing. And then they took me on a, a multi-pitch, my first multi-pitch. Scared the beachievers out of me. Oh, and... Uh, they got a lot of good laughs out of that, I think. <laughs> but I did. But I did it. I was terrified, but I did it. There were a lot. Of, there were a lot of those days that first year. I'll never forget that first year was rife with terrified moments, and then I did it. You know, like the first time I I repel when when Mark to, taught me how to repel. Repelling is totally what's the word. Uh, 
counterintuitive. You know, mm-hmm. you go to the edge of the cliff, which your mother always told you to look out, you know, right? You go to the edge <laughs> of the cliff, you throw your leg over it, turn around and you lean back. This totally counterintuitive to all of our survival instincts. I mean, you probably, when you're 20 and you do this, it's just cool. But when you're 58 and you do this, and you've been trying to protect two little kids all your life, your adult life, you know, that's just stupid. <laughs> it's totally counterintuitive and nobody should do this. Right. But I, it took me a long time that day. I finally got down to the edge. Did you read that part of the book? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. finally got down to the edge of the, this cliff. It's only like 45 feet up. From the, but 45 feet, it's quite a fall if, if, you, if you go, you know. <laughs> and uh, I finally turned around, put, put my leg, drew my leg off the cliff, and then I went. So uh, that whole year, the whole first year, was filled with those moments of absolute terror and knowing I can't do this. And then just thinking my way through it, you know, talking, my, talking myself into it is basically mm-hmm. what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that year, I think it was, yeah, after one year of climbing, that's when Alex, um, it coincided with um, the National Geographic magazine coming out, the mm-hmm. one that Alex is on the cover of, you know, the Honolulu On the ledge, yeah. yeah. on the yep. ledge. And uh, so Alex was home for a few days, and, you know, he's in and out all the time back then. He still lived at home technically, but he was rarely ever there. But he was there, and he, he said, yo, yo, Mom, why don't we go do uh, uh, Half Dome? this weekend or whatever it was half dome half dome you know half dome was like on my wish list for like 20 years from now you know i'm thinking maybe someday i'll be able to do half dome but he wasn't talking about the flat face of half dome mm-hmm. he was talking about you know there's the snake dike it's sure. a climb that goes up the the west shoulder of half mm-hmm. dome and most people don't even know it's there i mean non-climbers don't even know that people climb that side um but i had been doing my homework i had been making my list of Someday, maybe possible climbs that I would love to do out in the, the Yosemite region, you know, that whole area. And that was on my list, of course, way at the top of my list. But I had only been climbing for one year. I still didn't know what I was doing. But Alex wanted to go do half time. I said, okay, let's go, you know? Um, so, so we did. I, another friend went with me. And she, because when I climb with Alex, all of my friends want to go because. They don't know how to get to these places. They don't know what gear they'll need or whatever. So so uh, Amy and I went with Alex that day. And that's the day that he, he the only, I didn't know this until we were at the top, but he suggested it because he needed to be up there anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and he knew I wanted to do it someday. So Because that's the day that they took the pictures for, for that magazine. So, uh, so that was at the end of that first year. So that first year was like... A, what do you call the, uh, what do you call, not mathematical uh, progression, when it, exponential. Yeah, exponential yeah, yeah, progression, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah my experience yeah. is in climbing and that's normal. exponentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so, so much, much to learn at the right, beginning. Right. right. And I remember Alex talking about that. Yeah, the first, you know, when you begin, it's just, there's just so much to learn. And, and I Well, it's funny it. because I've always thought that, like, part of climbing pretty much for the rest of your life is, like, sometimes trying to recapture that, that, yeah, that, that exhilaration. Exhilaration, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, because it was ne- it's never the same right, again right, in a lot of right, ways, right. you know. It's like the first of anything. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you're just like, well, where did that go? <laughs> you well, know, you make other goals. Yeah, you, know? you make other you goals make other and you goals. find it other ways, but there's right. some 
that first taste was just so exhilarating. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, the, totally like, the weird drug analogies go hand in hand with all of it. But yeah, I guess. like, wow, that, that, those days of like thrills were mm -hmm. the best. I mean, I yeah. also can recall my first repel. Oh, do you? you know? uh -huh. Yeah, for uh -huh. sure. Just uh -huh. like, what it's are we doing? It's a monumental kind of yeah, thing to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. And it's totally counterintuitive. Yeah. And you can climb a long time ba back in, you know, without ever falling, without ever just yeah. like, yeah. I mean, you always have to lower off things. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, but that first one, I totally remember that. So it's exciting. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So, it's exciting. Um, and the older you get, the mm -hmm. more terrifying it is <laughs> yeah and, and one of your goals you're, you were just talking in, in the in the half dome climb you know these goals you had made yeah one of them obviously had you know was el cap um well it wasn't at the beginning okay it yeah wasn't at the beginning too much well not exactly it wasn't a goal at so much as a a wondering you know because we had gone to yosemite for years ever since the kids were born basically and we used to look up and see these little dots moving oh so slowly up the wall you know and, and i used to wonder i wonder what it's like to be up there i wonder what they see i wonder how it feels to be hanging on the wall like that and, or or what it's like from the top you know and and i knew you know quote unquote that i'd i'd never have answers to those questions but um it wasn't really until i started i i never fully considered that maybe i might get up el cap until we did Royal Arches. Alex and I climbed Royal Arches, and, and the whole Nat Geo crew went with us. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the, I think that's the, you know, ticket to ride when your son is who he is, unfortunately. I know, I like. know. Well, see, I, didn't, I didn't know, you know, he was preparing to, right. to do this movie. I didn't okay. know. I, 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 he'd been in on the cover of National Geographic once, twice, whatever, and they'd written about him, and a lot of his friends wrote for them, and, you know, so... They were always um, around, mm -hmm. you know, in the background. So I never really thought about what that might mean. Maybe it was just my mind protecting me. I don't know. But um, so I asked Alex if we could do Royal Arches. Uh, you know, the, the concept of a big wall climb was kind of dancing around my mind for a few years, you know, as, as I climbed more and more. And um, just, again, as a wondering... I wonder what it's like up there. You know, I wonder what that's like. And, and um, so Royal Arches is kind of a mini big wall. You know, you know what it's like. You've done it? Uh, no, I actually never have climbed oh, really? Royal Arches. No? Okay, so it's like 15 pitches. Sure. 16 if you're going to go off the back. We didn't do that. We came down. So um, 15 pitches. I had done like 14, 14 pitches with Alex and friends on, uh, in Tuolumne, you know, over Tanaya. And so I knew that was doable. You know, 15 pitches is a lot, but st still doable. But these were 15 pitches straight up <laughs> and, you know, looming over the valley floor. And, you know, there were a lot of, there's a lot of trepidation involved there. But so I, uh, I you know, asked him and Alex is, every time I asked him about one of these dream climbs of mine, like, I've done all the classics with him. I've done, you know, Cathedral, and I did Tanaya, and I did Mount Kness, and we did Mathis Crest, all the biggies, you know. And they're not hard climbs, technically hard climbs, you know. So when I found that out, I put them all on my list. And every time I'd ask Al, he's come through the house, I'd say, Alex, do you think we could do Mathis Crest this year or whatever? And his answer was always the same. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 
So it took me a few <laughs> years. Yeah, yeah. It took me a few years. So it's not fake. That no big deal. Well, that, no, exactly. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah sure. But it, no, it took me a few years right. to really understand what he meant when he said that. And, and really a few years. Well, I mean, he was saying, yeah, sure. If you want to learn everything you need to learn to be able to do that, you want to practice and be good enough and and then, and, and, then yeah, sure, let's go do it. You know? Mm-hmm. And that was all involved in that. So all in, included in that, yeah, sure. But every time I asked him, I think we could do tonight. Yeah, sure. So I asked him about Royal Arches. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I met him uh, you know, behind the hotel there, the Iwani. And he was accompanied, of course. But it was during the two-year period when they were filming with him to do free solo. But right. I didn't know that. Okay. I, I don't know. I was either naive or just my mind was shielding me from the reality of what was going on. I don't know. I really didn't have any idea that he was going to do what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. You know? But but I knew that they were always filming with him, and he was always in magazines. So I didn't, didn't think it was just part of it was his just life. part yeah. of the life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It could so, have been for so Jimmy a Chin of and and uh, I think it was Clara Clara Falcon. But Jimmy Chin, one of the other videographers, went up with us, <laughs> and it was kind of demoralizing because I worked so hard on that climb, so hard. There there were spots in that that were different than things I had done before mm-hmm. and hard for me, and I I just got worn out. And then Jimmy would come strolling past without a rope, slung with 400 pounds of cameras and stuff, just go <laughs> walking past me. <laughs> this is very demoralizing, you know, when you're working so hard. But we did that, and, and, and we simul-repelled on the way down. Uh, when you go with Alex, you go as fast as possible, sure. up and down. So we simul-repelled all the way down. And um, I'm thinking, as I'm going down, I'm thinking to myself, huh, I just did a big wall in Yosemite. Right. I wonder, there's that wondering. It was always in the back of my mind. I wonder if someday maybe I could do that other big wall down the road, you know? And that's when it started to really become a a, th- a concrete thought. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I could do that. If right. I could do this, maybe I could, with enough training, you know, one of those yeah, sure moments. And so that's, that's when the idea started to take root. Yeah, I mean... The the technical part of the climbing aside, these big days, um, they're hard. They're hard. They're hard. Physically yeah. hard. And, yeah. And I'm and I was sixty six at that point. Sure. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to maintain that level of physical activity that long. Well, and a sixty six who who hadn't been doing it their whole lives. Right. Yeah. Right. I was so been the, doing it for ten years and yeah. just just off and on on uh-huh. weekends. Right. You know, I right. wasn't out like him training every day. You know? Yeah. So it's a different. Mm-hmm. It's certainly a different thing than than a sixty six. So I so per, I had a lot of person a, who was a ranger his uh, yes, whole life or yes, something like this. Exactly. Yeah. And I knew this, right. you know, going in, and I had a lot of concerns about whether I could maintain that level of physical activity. Because every time I go out and climb with Alex, we go, go, go all day long, mm-hmm. really as hard as I can, you know. And he, he for him, it's babysitting. Mm-hmm. You know, climbing with mom is just, he doesn't even put on his climbing shoes when he climbs with me. Right. <laughs> Except for El Cap. Um, I think he did, no, no, he did, he did uh, Royal Arches without his climbing shoes too, I think. But, um, I mean, to him, this is child's play. Right. So he has trouble understanding how wrecked I am by the end of these days. <laughs> I mean, he sees me limping and, you know, gasping, and he just doesn't understand. Huh. He will someday. Ah, right. But uh, yeah. he rolls his eyes, but he still takes me out there. Um, we'll, we'll get to your cap in a minute, um, maybe finish with that. But, um, you know, you mentioned, okay, so here they are filming him. You don't know what for. 
Did you ever know about the uh, El Cap free solo no. intent before it no. happened? No. Okay. No. No, Alex never. Alex has done maybe over a hundred free solos in his life, his climbing life, and um, he's never told me about any of them. Like big ones. Big ones, little ones, right. famous ones, and a lot, a lot of ones that he's proud of that nobody will ever know about. You know, but he never has told me beforehand. Right. Which is totally logical i mean he his mind has to be totally clear he doesn't need to worry about you worrying about right. him exactly right exactly right it would not be totally clear his mind if he knew i was sitting at home think wishing he weren't up there sure know? so um and i'm glad too i was always very grateful that he never told me because mm-hmm. i wouldn't want to live through that i don't think i could live through that i don't know i probably could but yeah, I mean, but, you, yeah. you do what you have to do. Heart attack aside. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, right. you didn't have to stare through a camera at it. Like, You're right, oh, like poor Mikey. Mikey. Right. Oh, I felt so sorry Yeah, I've had Mikey. a big, long conversation with him about that specific thing. Yeah, but um, so... I would love to. Let's have a, a conversation about that a little bit. Um, you, you've publicly had some statements about... You know, the, the, the obvious question before we started this, I said, I'm going to have to ask you the obvious question Um, the obvious question to, to Alex is, are you scared? He doesn't love that question. Yeah. <laughs> the obvious question. Yours is, you know, how do you feel about your son doing these things? And it's in the book, too. Um, but, you know, I think, well, let's let me just ha- have that conversation with you. You yeah. know, you, you what are your feelings in terms of of being asked the question and, and you're... So ask me the question. Okay, they asked you a question. You know, as a mom, as someone who you just said, you know, padded the house to protect yeah. your son and your daughter mm-hmm. uh, from from harm, and mm-hmm. that was your, your, your main stated job as parents, yeah. main job. Yeah. You know, how do you how do sort you of contextualize it? and feel about the free soloing? Well, it was a very gradual thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like one day I didn't know about it, the next day I knew about it. It was very, very gradual. And uh, it, I mean, it didn't start, start with free soloing. It started with climbing, right. and, you know, going out on these adventures and going out um, climbing in Siberia and going to Chad and all that stuff. How do I feel about all that? So I, I had years to, to get accustomed to the fact that this is what he does and this is the only thing that brings fulfillment to his life. Um, you can't take that away from somebody, you know. I, why, why would you even want to? <laughs> um, so I, I had to make my peace with that sure. little by little by little. Well, you literally can't take it away from him. Well, yeah, there's nothing Alex I can do. I mean, I, tried, I right. tried when he was one and right. two. And, right. you know, you can't stop him from yeah. climbing. Every toe, every toy he ever had when it was a little baby that became a means to get up higher. That's all he mm-hmm. ever wanted to do. So you can't change that. You know, and and if I had tried to, it would just ha- have put up a wall between us. Certainly, you know. So, and I didn't want to do that, so I just had to embrace it. And uh, it, I, I never made, made any negative noises about it. You know, sure. I, I didn't want to. I didn't. That's what he loves. That's what he loves. If he wanted to play baseball, I'd love baseball. You know, I, I'd learn all about it, and maybe I'd That'd play be myself. Harder. That would be, <laughs> be harder. Yeah. Well, golfing. If you'd be golfing, golfer, oh, you'd golfing. have had a hard time oh, yeah. with that. Yeah. Anyway. So, so, <laughs> so I, had, I had years to get accustomed to sure. you know, what he does. And the free soloing is just an extension of that. And I, I had 
over those many years, learned to trust his judgment. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him in action, you know, just climbing around things, climbing like when we went to the gunks, he just climbed on the walls as we were walking down that, that carriage path. I've seen that he knows what he's doing, you know, that he knows how to gauge whether he can do something. And uh, as a parent, that's hard to step back and let the kids take over, you know. Sure. But you have to. That's our main job is to make ourselves obsolete, uh-huh. not, n- not make the judgment calls for them. And so he was doing this when he was little. I just didn't recognize it. Right. You know? And so it's just an, an extension of that. He, he, he makes all the judgment calls. And when we go out climbing together, first time we went climbing together, it wasn't, it wasn't half dome. It was uh, Munginella. That was, it was, it's a three-pitch climb. And that was the first time I really climbed anything, you know, not indoors or with Alex. And um, it, it's a total, climbing with your kid is a total role, a kid, a kid like Alex anyway, total role reversal. All of a sudden, I was the little kid, didn't know what I was doing, didn't know how to do anything. And he was the, the person in charge, you mm-hmm. know. I had to follow all his commands, all his, you know, suggestions, <laughs> whatever. Um, so it's been a lifelong process. It wasn't, it didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And little by little, I just learned to trust the judgment, and I still do. To me, it's nice to hear that otherwise you're still, your concern is still there. You're, oh, heck yeah. I mean, you're scared when, yeah, I yeah. mean, you're glad, not, I'm not going to say you're scared. You're glad when he, that he doesn't tell you ahead I'm, of time. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad he doesn't tell me. I'm, right. I would be very glad if he... Gave up free soloing, you know, okay. but I would never try to force him to do that, sure. you know, because that's, it, it's, it's like somebody trying to force me to stop playing the piano. Okay. I couldn't. Right. I couldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I shouldn't. Yeah. It's what, you know. Well, it's such a naive question to, to say, how can you let him do these yeah, things? I yeah. mean, it's, Nobody you know ever I mean? let Alex do anything. Right. Alex was always in charge. Sure. <laughs> or, when or, he was a kid. But it doesn't matter who the child is, you know, if you're an adult now. You know, yeah, there's yeah, also the yeah. forbidden you make your own fruit yeah. problem. Yeah, if you'd have, if you'd have started it when he was in a you know teenager or something, it's like yeah, forget, right, right. But he know. started when he was born. Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay, well, I, I'm glad we, we were able to just put that in perspective in, in a longer form than I've seen, you know, at yeah, least in clips yeah, and things yeah, like that. And yeah. you know, and we're we're climbers, right? And so we have a, a completely different perspective on it than than the yeah. greater world. And and that, I mean. I wanted to actually let's let's move to this. Ask you about writing the book, and what the inspiration was that for that was. And and part of me kind of started to wonder if it was these questions, and 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 mm. those happening. But but the book is called the sharp end of life. The sharp end of life: a mother's story. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what was the what well, was that's, the inspiration? Um, it's that's kind of a misleading question because it started out to be about, I've been writing this book for you know 20 years, something okay. like that, um, in bits and pieces. And it started out to be about raising a kid like Alex, mm-hmm. which is a totally different experience, unique, absolutely different from raising any other kind of kid. So I have these anecdotes that, you know, raise the hairs on the back of your neck sure. <laughs> about Alex. Um, 
and I would send them out periodically. I was working several jobs and, and being executive of an estate, two estates and, and doing house remodels. I never had time to really, really seriously go out and peddle the book. But once in a while, I had a little extra time. I'd put a packet together, send it to a publisher, to an editor, to a, whatever, an agent. Mm-hmm. And over these many years, I, I got a lot of replies, and they all said the same thing. To a, to a letter, they all said the same thing. These are great stories, but we want your story. Mm-hmm. And it took me years to fully understand what they meant, what that meant, because I'm not accustomed to talking about myself. I never have done ever in my life to anybody. Um, so it was it was a very weird step to take from that story about someone else, Alex, to my story. And it, so it's been a long process. I never set out to write a memoir. I did. I never wanted to write a memoir. And when they started calling my book a memoir, I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what this is." But I it guess, is. But I guess it is. Yeah. No, it, it is. is. It, yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. They know better. <laughs> I mean, it's a per, it's a very personal look at your life. Yeah. Even yeah, long yeah. before Alex was born. Yeah. And yeah. Stacia was born. Yeah. So that 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 part being about me that happened in the last three or four years so it's been a long process but it wasn't always the same book was that difficult for you i mean you just said it was but when you actually were forced to do it um in your and particularly the perspective on your marriage um because that that's you know i guess my biggest sort of surprise opening it up and reading it i was like wow this is very intimate you know and, and uh Neither you or Charlie, your husband, always in a great light, you know, you know, yourself included, him very much not. But can you talk a little bit about that and, and, um, and how you were finally able to hand something like that over to a publisher? Hmm. I'll think about that. Okay. <laughs> Fodder for another book. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, just when... They kept saying they wanted to know this and they wanted to know this. Uh-huh. And they, they, with the little, you know, the guidance that I got from all the publishers or editors who wrote me back, I just kind of realized that, that, yes, I guess that's what most people want to know about. Mm-hmm. And the story of raising my kids would not be complete without that. And uh, was, I, it, was it ever a worry that Alex and Stacia... Would it would change their perspective? Um, well, because... I ran it past them, of course. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I, I many times right. I, I sent it to them and said, "What do you, you know, are you okay with this being public?" And, and uh, yeah, it, it was so far in the past that it, you know, didn't really matter anymore. Well, because it made me think about you know a perspective of young kids, and I think you also mentioned it in there is that they kind of had this completely opposite different, or yeah, different perspective yeah, yeah, of yeah. who their father was exactly. and, and what your and marriage was like. And I don't want to change like. that. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to change that. You, you know, know? Yeah. and I don't. It, it made get, me. The cool thing was, is it made. And this is what books like this are good for. You know, it made me wonder, like, what, what is you know what's skewed in my perspective mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. my parents? What that, am I doing wrong? <laughs> something like that or right you know? yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so um yeah self-reflection is always good and mm-hmm. you know keeping a journal is always good mm-hmm. because it helps you do that helps you discover who you are mm-hmm. i have uh, another question and this is kind of circling back again the experience of the film of seeing the film free solo 
I assume you've watched it. Maybe you have. <laughs> oh yes, many times. <laughs> yes. It's like yeah. So can you talk a little bit about um, just the personal experience of seeing it? Because now is it was a done deal. The 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 funny the joke always has around the film has been like yeah. There's this this isn't you know a spoiler to know that he makes it right no no not and at yet, all somehow not at all. if you watch the audiences yeah that's not a spoiler at all they're terrified yeah i know it's, yeah, it, yeah, and, yeah and i was too yeah and yeah, the, i like the, palm, I a, the guys are wiping off their palms so, yeah understanding of the whole operation we mm-hmm. know he's there mm-hmm. I, i've seen him since mm-hmm. you know i have I, concrete evidence that he's mm-hmm. still alive mm-hmm. and yet you're not certain Still, at yeah. the moment so. Well, so this is a tribute to the the filmmaker sure oh yeah you know? for sure to make so many people suspend reality for so long mm-hmm. just react so so viscerally so to, t- talk about your visceral yeah yeah the first time i saw the movie was at the uh premiere in new york city oh cool yeah my hometown right on yeah, it's cool to see it there uh, it was uh quite the experience it was all i could do to keep it together <laughs> Because I, you know, I reacted just like everybody else does, uh-huh. you know, except that it's my baby up there, <laughs> you know. So it was, it was. Uh, Were you sitting with them? No, okay. no, they, they, the crew all sat together, and, and I was with my friends. Okay, but um, no, <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't with them. <laughs> no, it was, it was hard to sit through. It required all of my, what's the word? Mastery skills, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, to to not uh, react badly. It was uh, pretty horrifying. Right. Pretty horrifying, as all the audiences will attest to. Sure. Well, I mean, it's I'm, I'm like, my heart rate's actually going up at the moment. Yeah, just thinking about, about yeah, mine too. Yeah, no, yeah, not yeah, thinking yeah. about you at the film. Like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, doing this yeah, like, yeah. Because I have a kid. Yeah, right. You know, it's right. like. You watch your kid do that? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty intense, and congratulations intense is, for Thank you. Yeah, intense for, is definitely the word for it. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Internalizing it and dealing with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and coming away, like, you know, still not, you know, soured on still what he does. Still not horrified at what he does. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, the, it, yeah. You, what did you, th- let's change the, the question slightly. You know, in, upon reflection, it's a done deal, like I said. What is your perspective on the feat itself? The feat is of, of, absolutely mind-boggling. And that this is your son, this, this is, is prob- your progeny. I, I, I still wonder at that. I still, right. I'm still amazed at that. Um, probably always will be. This is probably the single most electrifying human physical feat ever accomplished. Right. Because it goes against all of our uh, intuitive self uh, what do you call it? Self-preservation right. in- instincts, you know, to, to be up there, and and so his mind works differently than ours. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I I think that's probably the single most accomplished and an electrifying, amazing human physical feat ever. I mean, like we talked about running down a mastodon, you know. When, yeah, just before the show, we yeah. just were we're warming up, and I I've been saying like. Of all time. And of all when time. I say all time, where I'm not talking about like since the guy ran the four minute mile. No, I'm like no, of all ever, time. Ever. Like since the they crawled out of the ocean or whatever since we happened. used to chase down mastodons. I mean, yeah. chasing down a mastodon, well, you could turn around and run the other way if need be. But if you're climbing El Cap, you don't have that option. And plus, you're, you're, you, when you talk about instinct and going against, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a survival thing about killing the mastodon. Right, right. And it. you're not alone, too. Yeah, and you're not and you alone. You have help. Yeah, and so it's like yeah. 
you just kind of like run down all these perspectives and, right. and I'm, you know, I'm, it, I'm in, I'm in the camp of that as climbers, this is the, this is one of those feats that we know more about and are more impressed about. And I mean, and I put that perspective in terms of like a lot of times the mainstream looks at, you know, someone climbing a 510 and are just like, yeah. Oh my God, how can yeah. you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, thank you but very much. But this one is for everybody. One, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is, is wild. So, and I, mean, I, I predict that no one will ever repeat that. You know, I, I, who, who, who could? They yeah. have to have the same kind of mind as Alex does. Right. And uh, I think that's unique. Right. So did did that like you know, the next time you sort of sat down with him, had it had it shifted like in your mind at well, all no, who your I, son no, was, I, or this was just. The, no. the culmination of what you already knew about him. Yeah, exactly. It's uh-huh. it's been building all these years. I you know I, I know these things about him. This is just one more step, mm-hmm. really. But yeah, it is amazing. And overall, the climbing um, has it has it done what you might have expected to to somehow get a little bit closer to Alex. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I hope so because yeah, to. To get to know your child's world that intimately is, is I think that's important in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what propelled me into long distance running. Okay. My daughter is a runner, you know, oh, long okay. distance runner. And uh, she was always talking about it and always, you know, she was so impressed by this teacher who ran a marathon and this teacher who did this. And, and then she started running herself. And and that was that was kind of a neat way to to dive into her world mm-hmm. if you will as well as making it part of my own world you know right. i love running now too and, and i've done marathons and halves and and it's great but um i never would have probably made that leap without my kids mm-hmm. you know i probably wouldn't have yeah so yeah i hope i hope they both uh, cherish that right you know, as they get older i do <laughs> so last leap or that we're going to talk about anyway is El Cap. Oh, yes. Finding El Cap. El Cap. So, a little bit about the logistics of of getting it done, and then you know okay. about the accomplishment. There were a lot of logistics. Right. <laughs> I trained for seventeen weeks. And this is another. This is another one of the times Alex came to the house after. This is after um, Royal Arches, mm-hmm. and I just kind of casually asked him. Hey, Alex, do you think maybe someday, any chance that maybe you might get me up El Cap, you know? <laughs> I really, I don't think I really expected him to say yes. El Cap is a very daunting thing, you know, if, or, or you just have to stand out in that meadow and look up and you, you know the impossibility of ever trying something like that. And especially if you're not a powerful climber. I'm, you know, like, I'll, I'll never be a very powerful climber. I'll never be a very good climber. You know, Alex doesn't even think of me as a climber, I don't think, because it's just a lifestyle thing, weekends, and, and I'm, you know, I don't have muscles anywhere, right. you know. So um, so I didn't really expect him to say yes, but his answer, like I said, is always the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Right. But this time he added a caveat to that. He said, yeah, sure, but you have to learn how to jug. Okay. Then he left. And I'm thinking, okay, I have a Yes. But I have to learn how to jug. What's jugging? <laughs> I didn't even know. So I contacted all my climbing friends and found out about jugging. And do they have gear? Could they lend me gear? You know, and right. stuff. And yeah. 
could somebody show me how? <laughs> yeah, sure. I get, you know, I started watching the videos, you know, what's the name? Chris uh, uh, McNamara. McNamara, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, his videos about jugging. I watched them all and very intently. And I tried to learn as much as I could while sitting in my chair and then uh, started, you know, took it to the gym. I, first, uh, I have right. some friends who have big trees in their yard and they let me set up ropes in their trees and I tried it that way. <laughs> it was a long, it was a long process to get me comfortable with it because mm-hmm. you know? it uses <laughs> it uses muscles that that I didn't even know I had. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. Different muscles to thrust that thing up the rope, and then and a lot of core, you know, to keep yourself vertical. Mm-hmm. None of those muscles had I ever used. Right. <laughs> so, so I had to start training them real fast. First first day I did that in the gym, one of the gyms in our region let me set up in their gym to to practice as long as i had a belayer also you know i was on a, on a rope as well um and so i did that and the first day i tried that uh, maybe 25 minutes of you know going up several times on this rope a 30 foot rope whatever mm-hmm. i was wrecked for the whole week i couldn't move my arm my shoulder and you thought was, you were a climber i was right? yeah exactly i said what <laughs> yeah, the totally. happened to me and my legs were all bruised from all the metal banging oh god yeah and then uh, I, but I kept doing it i kept Going back to the gym, getting more bruised and more tired, and then uh, Alex invited me. I was Alex lives in Las Vegas, and um, they climb every day. And I was there for a visit, and he said, "Well, you should come out with us. We're going out to this cave, and there's a photographer's rope hanging down in front of the cave. You could practice on that." So I'm thinking, "Oh, great, an outdoor rope. I'm going to try right. it." You know, what he didn't say <laughs> that Alex thinks differently than you know. A lot of us. Right. <laughs> what he didn't mention was that this cave was a thousand feet up a cliff, which we had to hike first, a thousand feet up this cliff. And then um, the rope is you know, at the front of the cave. So when you get on the rope and you, you're, you, when, when your feet leave the ground of this cave, the floor of this cave, you swing out and you're hanging over a thousand feet of air. <laughs> Were you guys up at the third tier at Clark Mountain? I don't know. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. That yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a thousand feet up. And so I got on this first, you know, the hike was outrageous. And I, I recovered from the hike and watching all these guys. And I watched the photographer get on this rope and climb up. You know, 37 seconds, he's up this 90-foot rope at the top and taking pictures, pictures of everybody climbing. And so I, he came down and he was doing whatever he was doing on the, in, in the, on the floor of this cave. And I was, I tried the rope and I got on the rope and I, oh, swung out. And there I am hanging over a thousand feet of air. I had never been on a rope outdoors. Thousand feet of air. I was like, oh, and then you start to spin because you don't have any feet. And then the wind would hit me. I'd spin the other way. And I was like terrified. So I maybe did like 10 feet and came back down. And then a half hour later, I did another 20 feet and came back down. And by the end of the day, I got to the top of that rope. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I was very happy. I, I didn't give up because it was pretty scary <laughs> well that's the <laughs> pretty terrifying I mean, that's actually. the there's nothing on the nose that's as hard to jug as a free hanging rope in a right. giant cave so right, yeah. right. exactly right. exactly so that's exactly cool. <laughs> so uh, that's what i was thinking yeah if i could do this yeah i can do that and so so i went uh, alex you know knows everybody in yosemite valley he goes there all the time lives there and uh so i had a house to stay in when i went mm-hmm. there to train because i wanted to train at the place we were going to be doing it. Sure. You know? And so I went there, I drove there for three days every week for 17 weeks. That was my training. I didn't think it planned it out that way, but that's the right. way it happened. And um, 
So I'd go three days. First day I would do cardio. I would go up the trails on both sides, you know, the, that four-mile trail, uh-huh. you know, and, and the, the Yosemite Falls Trail, whatever was the steepest to build up my cardio, you know, and, and my muscles. And then the next two days I would go up the ropes. There are ropes, you know, the, the heartline ropes mm-hmm. and the descent ledges ropes. Okay. Descent ropes. So I used both of those sets of ropes up and down and up and down. So the first, the first day... The first day was uh, Alex had invited me to um, he to go up the descent ledges ropes with him. He wanted to see if I had learned how to jug. Right. Because if he was going to invest the time in doing, I mean, this is quite the day I was asking him to do. This is just like taking me climbing. This is a whole full day, full on day, um, a lot of work, you know. So he wanted to know if I knew how to jug. Sure. So we went up the the descent ropes. Well, Alex, Alex Honnold does not bail off the nose. So he's yeah. got to make sure yeah. that this is going right. to go Well, down. we weren't going up the nose. We didn't go up the nose. <laughs> no, I'm just saying but later. In bail. The, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. He doesn't bail. So uh, so he, he took me out there. And lo and behold, mom did know how to jug. Okay. And we went up the, the descent. Line. So he that next morning, he said, well, you're going home anyway. You have to drive right past um, El Cap. Why don't you stop and do the heart lines? <laughs> I Never. The only thing outdoors I'd done was those descent ropes with him. So you want to just stop and do the heart lines. To him, this is child's play, mm-hmm. you know, do the heart lines. It's a thousand feet of rope. Right. So, <laughs> so he gave me kind of, kind of offhanded instructions how to find. I didn't even know how to find El Cap right. from my car. I've never been out to the wall from my car. You know, I just looked up at it. So I parked where I thought he told me to park, and I, I'm looking for this trail he described to me. I couldn't find it. I asked some ranger. He said, oh, I think it's over. So I just kind of wandered out into the woods. And, and there, as you get close to El Cap, you've been out there, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, climbers wandering around going to the various climbs. They were all young. They were all male, you know, young guys in their 20s, 19, 20, 20, you know, all of them carrying packs the size, the size of refrigerators. You sure. Know? And me, <laughs> with my little day pack, and they were all in pairs. You know? And then there's me, all alone with my little day pack, asking everybody, "Do you know where the heart lines are? Do you know where the heart lines are?" That's <laughs> so awesome. I, so I so I I know I so did not belong out there. Right. You know, everything pointed to go home, old lady, go right. home. But I was as, as at least as stubborn as Alex. So I kept asking people, and finally I asked somebody, you know where the heart lines are? I said, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going there, so you can just follow us. Well, <laughs> following these two young guys, you know, probably 18, I don't know, up this steep trail was hard for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't go very fast. I can't breathe. I have lung issues. I can't breathe up there. So I, t- I tried to keep them in sight as they got farther and farther away, <laughs> but I did finally wind up where they were and there, there were the heart lines they were getting on them too the two of them but and they were continuing up they right. were i don't know their gear was already stashed up think up, i think up at the, at the heart i didn't know any of that I, all i sure. knew is there they were and they were going up the same ropes as i was so i waited and watched and watched them get on and it was kind of uh illuminating that the the second of their their pair the f- first guy you know was leading i i guess their leader he went up, up the rope, you know. And then the second guy was, was on the ground with me, waiting for him to get off the rope. And he didn't know any more than I did, really, mm-hmm. about jugging. Maybe he was a great climber, I don't know, but he didn't know beans about jugging. 
And he asked me some questions about, is you, does this look right to you? Me? <laughs> I mean, I was you know, old enough to be his grandmother, literally. I was old enough to be his grandmother. And he asked, does this look right to you? Uh, yeah, I think so. And then he, he made some stupid mistake. He, uh, he had, I had to get something for him from his pack because he was already on the rope. He didn't want to come down. So it was, it was an encouraging to me, to mm-hmm. you know, see that I wasn't the dumbest thing out there. Right. You know, <laughs> this kid was. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, kidding. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 So um, they left, and he got up, to, and uh, you know, you can't can't get on the rope until the next sure. person ahead of you is off it. So um, I, it was the two hundred foot rope, the first one, and so I could almost see him up there at the at the at the bolts, and he must have spent like fifteen minutes transitioning from that rope to the next rope. I don't know what he was doing. But I could see, <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're just like, come on, bro. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. That's what's I was, up. Like, <laughs> it's exactly what I was doing. I was like, what the heck? You're is already just there? like, come on, get out. Yeah. So you know, he's you know leaning this way and he's jumping this way. And he's I I don't know what he was doing, but um, <laughs> I had just done the the other the descent ropes with Alex the day before, mm-hmm. and I had transitioned from rope to rope in a few seconds. Sure, you know, the way you're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> And so I watched this young kid doing it and thinking, huh, I know more than he does. Right on. You know? But uh, so when I finally got on this rope, they were gone. Nobody else was around. It was just me by myself. Nobody knew where I was. Alex, I knew, was on El Cap that day. He, was, he wanted to go do something. That's all he ever told me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do some stuff on El Cap. So he was on El Cap. He couldn't help me. If I got into any trouble... That first day, that was the, the big concern that first day. If anything happened, anything untoward happened, and I didn't know what to do about it, I would be stuck. Mm-hmm. And my friends were all at work back down Sacramento Valley. You know, and the, nobody knew where I was. I was just on my way home. Right. <laughs> you know? So I, I was on my own that day. And that was, a, it was probably, it was hor- horrible. It was very, very scary. But it was probably a good thing in retrospect to be forced to deal with everything myself right. that day and i got halfway up that first rope and there was a knot in the rope i'd never read anything or seen anything online about a knot in the rope wow there's this knot i'm like 100 feet off the ground and there's this knot there's nobody around i couldn't even shout to anybody there's nobody anywhere <sighs> okay so i had to figure out so going up is okay going yes up, you know the knots aren't as Big a deal going up is coming down. Right? Yeah, I didn't realize it. Right. Yeah, I didn't realize it. So you this. put that knot under you. So I put the knot under me and up I went. Be, yeah. I went to the f- top of the first rope and I'm thinking, okay, that's enough for one day. <laughs> and and so I came down. I I didn't transition to the other rope. I just stayed on. I put my be- uh, Grigri on and came down. I got to the knot. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So I'm at the top of this knot. Hmm. I didn't know how to pass a knot. I, I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know enough. Right. You know, I didn't know enough to be up there, really, honestly. But that's how you learn. I must have spent a half an hour at that knot, maybe more. The tears were pouring down my face. I tried to call people. Nobody answered their phone. I tried to call Alex. He didn't answer. He was on El Cap doing stuff. Everybody I knew was either at work or on El Cap oh, doing that's stuff. radical. Yeah. So I just had to figure it out myself. Yeah. It took me many, many tries. But, and I, to this day, I'm not sure what I actually did that day, mm-hmm. you know, 
but I think I could do it now in, you know, within just a few minutes sure, <laughs> rather sure. than a half an hour. Oh, God, that was hard. You know, that in the history so of climbing, there's people that have died stuck I know, on those knots. I know. So. I know. I, know. I, I, I imagined that. Sure. You know, I mean, you know. As I was stuck up there. It is El Cap. So and I knew, probably, I, I knew that if I hung there overnight, somebody somebody would come and want to be on that road. Right. Yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. what are you doing up there, lady? <laughs> Get you down. Yeah. So, um, so, but I didn't want to do that. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> and I knew I could call Yosar, but live to tell about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, just kept practicing like that. Uh, I just did that one rope that first day. And right on. I never told Alex that day. I said, yeah, I, I did. Everything went did well. the heart line. You know? Yeah, cool. <laughs> so you guys did El Cap in a day. Yes. How long did it when take you? When you go with Alex, you go very fast. Right. I yes. mean, that's a fitness level that, I know. that yes. takes. Yes, I know. It's really like astounding. When I got to like two pitches from the top, I was done. I had no more core left control. You know, I, I, Alex kept shouting down, Mom, don't hold the rope. Because, you know, you're not supposed to hold the rope. And I wasn't exactly holding it up. I was wrapping my arm around it. Uh-huh. So to keep me vertical. So I'd push this one up, you know, push the left one up, holding the rope with my right arm. And I'd stand up on that left and I'd wrap around it and push this one up. I just couldn't. I had no more grip left. Right. So I wore out. I, but I had to do it. I had to finish. The only way off was up. Right. You know. And so... I, I was so wrecked by then. I was wrecked by the the what is it, Thanksgiving ledge. Okay, which route did you guys do? Uh, Lurking fear. Lurking fear, right on. So when we got to Thanksgiving ledge, and Thanksgiving ledge really um, did me in fully because we got the you know you know what it, it's mm-hmm. a huge ledge, huge, a lot, yeah. lot of blocks Cave and rocks. Up there and, yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to Thanksgiving ledge. I hadn't eaten anything. I hadn't drunk anything. I had to go to the bathroom. And Alex is. He got to, he got to the ledge first. You know, he's leading. He took off his harness. Mm-hmm. I was like, Alex, put that back on. Alex, put that on. Right. <laughs> and he's running around, bouncing around, thinking, "Hey, mom, come look at this. Mom, right. come look at." This. I just lost it. I just I just lost. It. I had I was that did be in. I, I had no more. I had no more resilience left. Right. What did that look like? Uh, shaking, fear. I I. I put on a smile and, you know, they pointed a camera at me, smiled, but um, I wasn't smiling inside. And I just kept wishing he would put his harness on, wishing he would get away from the edge. You know, <laughs> my mom's stuff was That's kicking, so kicking awesome. back in. Yeah. 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 But, then, but then he put the harness back climbing. on and up. With, maybe he didn't put the harness back on. He might no, he not must have. have. He must have. Yeah, there's one the more. There's one more tricky pitch. There's two too. more. Yeah, 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 two more pitches. Not for him, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. actually, yeah. on El Cap, I did right. hear him yell down to our third, you know, Sam, mm-hmm. uh, watch me here. I'm scared here, you know, so I've okay. never heard him say that before. Oh. And he did have his climbing shoes on. It's yeah. first time. It's a hard enough for sure. So, so you topped out. So I, we topped out. and But we I still never, had to descend. Then we still had to walk clear across. Oh, so hard. All of El Cap on the top. Yeah. Just so it's so in the hard pitch on your dark. knees. In the pitch dark. It was so hard. And Alex, <laughs> he, he understood a little. You know, he kept talking to me, telling me stories and, you know, stories about this and that. And, and every, but every once in a while he couldn't help himself. He'd say, mom, I can't even make myself go that slow. <laughs> you know, cause I'm picking my way in the dark over these blocks and on that, all that glacial polish, I start sliding, you know, it was horrible. And then you get to the, the descent ledges, which were even harder. 
the, going down was way harder than going up. Oh, it's the worst. It was. Yeah. Was. Going and, down those slabs. And nobody is the told worst. me about that. I yeah. asked everybody, and they said, oh, it's just ledges. You're going to descend ledges. No. No, no. It's, it's serious. Uh, what do you call Scrambling and over holes. And, uh, I think it's where the oldness, like the knees and the yes, feet, it's yes, like yes, the difference yes. now compared to what it used to be, even for me, is just like, God, yes, this is yeah. brutal. And I had gone up the descent ledges with a, right. a friend, and he had had me on a short, short rope because mm-hmm. it's so darn sketchy. Right. Well, Alex didn't put me on a short rope for any of it. <laughs> oh, come on. No, he said, yeah, I'll go down first and spot right. your money. You, you got this. Okay, okay. So how did you so, feel when you got to the valley floor? I stopped myself from feeling anything. I was just too tired. I was so tired. <laughs> I was worn out. And we just, I numbly got in the car. We drove to you know, Ranger Mike's house. Fell into bed, and I expected to be wrecked the next day, and I wasn't. Oh, really? I was fine the next day. All oh, right, on. I was so surprised by that. <laughs> but seventeen solid weeks of training—I guess that'll do it. You know, I was fine the next day. I drove home. I was just fine, but I was tired. And you course, got that perspective that you were wondering about. And I got thirty years to all those earlier, questions. or forty years What's earlier, it like or whenever it was. To, I didn't really get to experience being on the wall because we were going so, so fast. fast yeah just go 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 concentrate and i really had to concentrate because you know if you do anything stupid up there you could all die you uh-huh. know so i really concentrated you know each time i get close to a, the the bolts i really put put the thinking in high gear and and there's all that stuff hanging off these bolts that you know right. 93 ropes and chains and things. you got to you, yeah you have to know what you're doing you would you ever do it again and spend oh, a night yeah. Okay, I'd love to. Do a portal edge ascent. I'd love to do that. Yeah, because the portal edge ascent, or at least spending the night, that's a a whole, yeah, Yeah. chilling. I'd like to do Washington Column. Oh, cool. First. Yeah. Yeah, and see if I want to. You're going to have Make to find a different partner, though, huh? Well, I have a partner. Oh, you and do? we tried it last year, but we got crowded out. Oh, we yeah. never could get below, uh, sure. above the third pitch. Sure. But we're going to do it again. Yeah, because I don't think, yeah, getting Alex to spend a night in a portal no, edge for no particular reason. No, no. <laughs> Even for his that's, mom. That's too much work. He's too lazy. That's too much work. <laughs> well, cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Taking that thing down. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time Made coming. It happened. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thanks for sitting down. This has been just a, my a pleasure. pleasure talking yeah. to you. And um, I wanted to spend as much time on you as we did talking about Alex. And I think we, <laughs> we did a lot more time on that. So. And we've heard from him so much. And the whole world has heard yeah, from exactly. him. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Thank well, you thank, so much. Thanks for having me. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that one, a little off-piste <laughs> interview on the Normcast. We're still rolling to Lander. And um, so how many Lander climbing fests is this for you? I believe it's Quattro 5. Quattro 5 or Cinco 5? Cinco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, multi, multi, no siento. No siento. <laughs> multicultural episode of that. <laughs> Normal cast. Um, yeah, and and did you skip one that I went to, or that was just Simon? Just Simon. Yeah, yeah. I I missed the Ure. Oh yeah, you yeah. missed an Ure. Yep. And then we all missed last year. That's right. For for various, various reasons. reasons. Which was, I think this might be eight. Nice. Maybe even nine for me. <sighs> you sure it's not? You better. It's not ten. 
No. That's a big one. I know, but it's it's not ten. There's okay. no way. It's more like eight because I came to. I came to one before. I came to two before, so maybe this is seven. If we've been to five, anyway, we've yeah. been to a lot of them. Yeah, four or five. Yeah, we've seen it change a lot. Um, it's gotten way more slick, polished. Which, it's more professional. polished, professional, which yeah. is actually why we're going because we're trying to keep up the junk show end of the of the lander uh, of the International Climbers Festival. I actually thought you were going to say we've become more polished and professional. Really? We haven't. No, no, no. no, no. Without a doubt, yeah. we have yeah. maybe gotten worse I mean we've stopped climbing clearly it. clearly your performance is illustrated yeah exactly we've gotten worse we've gotten worse <laughs> we're definitely not already at not performing at <laughs> optimum levels so um we've given up climbing almost altogether the last Correct. few years right um although I don't know I might I, I, I always think we're gonna climb a bit we bring our stuff right but, you, you have to put up appearances yeah but the problem is is when you wake up late and it gets hot yeah man it's hard to get in that car right. and, and drive the, up that the queue's hill. pretty long for the, the classics by yeah. then yeah for sure so yeah. anyway we're off the lander thanks for listening thanks to uh, Deirdre for sitting down with me and uh, having an awesome chat and uh, everybody at the fest or around the world don't forget to check your knots Look, you got a you got a great kid here. There's nothing to worry about. We're taking good care of him and you should you know, you should come to the show sometime. Hey, Join the hey, circus. Listen to me, mister. Your charm doesn't work on me. I'm on to you. Oh, of course you like him. Well, yeah. He worships you people. And that's fine by you as long as he helps make you rich. Rich? I don't think so. Listen to we me. Si- He's a smart, good-hearted, 15-year-old kid with infinite potential. This is not some apron-wearing mother you're speaking to. I know all about your Valhalla decadence, and I shouldn't have let him go. He's not ready for your world of compromised values and diminished brain cells that you throw away like confetti. Am I speaking to you clearly? Yes, yes, ma'am. If you break his spirit, harm him in any way, keep him from his chosen profession, which is law, something you may not value, but I do, you will meet the voice at the other end of this telephone, and it will not be pretty. Do we understand each other? Uh, Yes, ma'am. I didn't ask for this role, but I'll play it. Now go do your best. Be bold, and mighty forces will come to your aid. Goethe said that it's not too late for you to become a person of substance, Russell. Please get my son home safely. You know, I'm glad we spoke. (laughs) 